0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions like months-long offers of low commission at BetDAC we wanted to change the way we did things so we set our commission at 2% permanently that's 2% on football horse racing, golf, almost any sport 2% that's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better for the better, again, Black Dark, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly.
2: Hello, and welcome back to the Walker Report Extra podcast. Last time you heard from me would have been uh, the Deadline Day podcast, I think, which started fantastically. I, I honestly... Uh, recommend you to go back and listen to the intro when I didn't realise I was live but it's also a really good podcast to listen to because the Will Greg thing happened and it just happened so dramatically and he's ready to make his debut on Saturday I think we've all been quite looking forward to that but we come in on the back of a nervy win against Wimbledon I kind of hoped we'd maybe perform a little better than we did but three points is three points we're still well in the mix especially with those games in hand following this Oxford game I think we've got Three home games in seven days, Blackpool, Accrington and Gillingham. you would be pleased to know I won't be doing an extra pod for every one of those games, just the weekend game, which will be Accrington on the Friday. But to preview our game on Saturday, we've got a returning guest. We've got Simon from the Fence End pod. Simon, how are you doing? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad at all. Good. I was listening back to our podcast that we had at the start of the season And we had two of you on. And I remember you saying, obviously, it was a really poor start for you, six defeats in a row. But you felt like it was a false position at the bottom of the league. And I think you definitely showed that at the stadium light. It was one of the better teams I've seen at the stadium this season. But then I looked at your recent results and your league table position. Recent results, not so bad. League position, you're still down there. So what's happened since we last played each other?
0: We're not in a false position now. I think early in the season, you can make excuses for where you are with the transfer deadline and squads not quite being ready. But I think this far through the season, we're where we deserve to be. We're an odd side in that we can play brilliantly one week and awful the next. You know, you look back at the last couple of uh, home games, we've beaten Portsmouth and we're 2 0 up against Barnsley. Really should have seen the game out. And but for a you know, a defensive error for their second goal, we'd have had six points against the top two sides as they were at the time. We're an odd side. We we can play brilliantly, like I say, one way, poorly the next, but we are now where we deserve to be because we're not ruthless enough. And it's as simple as that, really.
2: So I was gonna say, you know, what, what is it that has put you in that position? But you've sort of sort of just answered it there. And as as many people well, no, I do the the three key players to look at. And if I'm honest, I try to get one from each position. And I looked for a sort of a center forward and immediately noticed you haven't got anyone who <laughs> seems to be doing anything of the sort of scoring goals. It seems to be coming from James Henry. Yeah. Um so has that been the main problem? It's not so much being that you've had poor performances or just no one to put it in the onion bag.
0: Well, that's it. We, we started the season with John Obika, who had been there the previous season. So, he, you know, he wasn't a player that, um, that Carl Robinson necessarily wanted. Uh, and alongside him, Jamie Mackey, who came in with a bit of an injury, wasn't really playing. So we had two guys who <laughs> prolific is not a word you put to either of them. You know, they they, they work hard and, and, and that, but neither of them are particularly prolific goal scorers. But then, There's always that, if you've got one person scoring the goals, they're an easy person to mark out the game. I think we we kind of spread the goals around. Certainly, James Henry scoring a lot of goals, and we've got maybe three or four others that can certainly chip in. Gavin White and Jordan Graham, that's Marcus Brown. Players that that could chip in with six or eight or ten goals a season. So, we haven't got a a centre-forward that you've got to worry about. We've got sort of attacking midfielders, wingers, which is where the goals are coming from this season.
2: And one thing I did notice, you're, you're talking about the attacking midfielders, and I, I was really impressed with Oxford at the stadium this season. I think many people said the same thing. I think obviously we got ourselves back into it under with ten men. I remember Max Power got sent off a little bit contentiously. You can swing either way with that, but it was a good performance. And there was a guy called Ricky Hill who obviously I think scored the free kick, didn't he? But he's he's gone back. Yeah, Ricky Hill. Yeah. Sorry, he's yeah. gone back, hasn't he? He's injured a lot.
0: Yeah, we we had him from sheffield united he's he's one of those players that always played well against us whenever he was at i mean he was at northampton and at charlton and always did well against us so when he came in i think a lot of fans were, were sort of pretty positive about him. And he, when he played he played well but he's had a real back problem that's really bugged him um and and i guess from a financial point of view you know you we're looking at every every penny that's being spent and if you've got a player that you're spending quite a lot of money on as a lone player who's not playing, you know, you, I think the decision was made to free up a wage to get, you know, other players in. And, and he's, although, yeah, exceptionally talented player, we're not struggling for players in that sort of position. You know, that attacking midfielder wide player, um, you know, we've got, you can argue,
2: sort of four or five players who could who could play that role. We were discussing before, sort of uh, via message, about the way your midfield played this season. You mentioned James Henry before. I think James Henry's been, from the outside, looking in one of the, if not the best, one of those people you've been able to rely on for a couple of seasons now, but... I was reading, I think it was the Oxford Gazette, um, he's dropped a little bit deeper, but, but you said to me it's a bit more fluid. What, what formation is Robinson taking on this season and, and how has that benefited James Henry? Because he, his goal tally, if he's playing deeper, hasn't, it's actually got 10, I think, this season. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's, he's playing, you know, in the past he's played wide, but certainly this season he's playing more sort of as an attacking midfielder, sort of number 10, if you like, you know. Robinson tends to sort of play with you know a, a straight back four, two deeper midfielders in John Masingo and Cameron Brannigan, two wingers uh, where you know whether that's um, Gavin White and and Jordan Graham or Gavin White Marcus Brown sort of and one up front, and then James Henry is the player that sort of sits in behind the, the centre forward, and it's like I say, it is quite fluid because Masingo. Can come out and carry the ball out from a deeper midfield position. And and Cameron Brannigan is the sort of busy player that ties it all together. And if we go from a, that sort of 4 2 3 1, occasionally on, on Saturday, we second half, we went 4 4 2, and then Henry played a little deeper than he, he would normally. But it is, I think it suits the players we've got in that they're all, you know, that certainly those attacking sort of four or five players are all happy to to interchange move around you know we're we're not a particularly rigid set sort of formation up front you know the four and maybe the two deeper midfielders are fairly rigid but then around that there's a lot of movement.
2: With the you talk about the midfield and and Branigan was one that actually did stick out and he's, he's someone you mentioned as well when we were just Sort of chatting off, yeah. I was going to say off camera, off, <laughs> off audio, shall we say? Um, Brannigan is an interesting one because he's actually someone I was aware of. Uh, he was at Liverpool, and I remember he's played. He played about eight games or so, and I think Jurgen Kopp mentioned something like he said he was a midfielder that that has everything. But with all due respect to the league that we're in, Liverpool and League One are very different. Mm-hmm. But from a League One perspective, what what can Cameron Brannigan bring to your team, or what what has he brought to your team?
0: I think when he plays well, the the team plays well. It's early in his career. He was only a young lad, didn't play a lot of games until he joined us. And he's, he's pretty much been ever present. He's chipped in with two or three absolute screamers as well. Goal, you know, he's got a goal threat and, and you're right. When he was at Liverpool, you know, there, there was a lot of, it's a lot of talk for a lot of players, but there was talk of, you know, the likes of Barcelona looking at him, keeping tabs on him. And I'd, you, you do wonder sometimes whether that's agents talking players up, but he's certainly got a hell of a lot of ability. He tackles well, he gets around the pitch, he can pick a pass brilliantly. And I think a lot of these players that that are in academies at Premier League clubs who are getting nowhere near first team on a regular basis, it sometimes takes them a, a, you know, a, a month or two or perhaps even longer to get used to the rigours of playing regular men's football, if you like, rather than yeah. under 18, under 23 academy stuff of that you know that physicality but right from the start you could tell he was a decent player you know he it, it wasn't we've had one or two lads we had a couple of lads a cup last season from Man City who just looked absolutely out of their depth for for whatever reason you know the, whether they weren't quite mentally ready for it or physically but he he looks you know he looks a tough little lad who who will hopefully go far in the game
2: and talking about Liverpool Academy graduates there's this one man that is probably going to play for you on Saturday that I probably know a little bit more about. But before I go on to Jerome Sinclair, what is the Oxford perspective on that? Because the weird thing is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember on transfer deadline day when I was and through stuff, James Vaughan, God mm. bless him, was, was due to go. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't wish James Vaughan on, on many of my worst enemies. But Jerome Sinclair is kind of, quite similar in the sense, but maybe that's been a bit harsh, but who would you have preferred out of the two and what are your thoughts on Jerome Sinclair from what you've heard and what you've seen? I think
0: of the two, we, I think, well, most most of the fans would have said um, to go for um, James Vaughan. Uh, now, I, I, I get what you're saying in, you know, you wouldn't wish him on a worse denim, but <laughs> if you look at, you know, his, he's played, you know, most of his career at a higher level than League One. The one season he had at League One Two years ago, or you know, season and a half ago was at Berry and in a you know, Berry were a side that just avoided relegation and he scored 20 odd goals. So at this level, you kind of look at him and think he can play, you know, easily at this level. Um, and I think Pompey have got a decent player. He apparently he was, you know, he spent a couple of days training with us and 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 around the squad and met everybody. And I guess he didn't sign. Whether that's the agent just sort of saying, "Hang on a bit, let's see what else comes in." I can't. You can't blame the guy if he's if he's got a choice between us and, and Portsmouth and no real sort of emotional tie to either club. Then you're going to go for a club that are at the top of the table, not one at the bottom. It's totally understandable that he's he's made that decision. Jerome Sinclair, he he played on Saturday, and it was. I think a lot of fans, you know, well, let's let's see what he's he's got. Let's not make too quick a decision. The first thing he did, unfortunately, was completely. I don't know if you remember, there was a classic uh Robin Van Persie where he tries to shoot and his standing foot just knocks the ball away, and he fought, <laughs> and he did that. It fell flat on his ass, and, we, and everyone's going, "Oh no, oh no, oh no. Jerome!" But, yeah, <laughs> but then the next thing he did was get their centre half sent off because he, you know, Jerome made a really good run. Absolutely, skin their centre half who just pulled him back, got the red card. The next thing he did was blaze one over. But I, I don't know. I I thought he showed an awful lot of good movement. He was quick. He was constantly wanting the ball. He, he didn't hide, you know. And you, you you kind of sometimes think players, okay, you know, it didn't work brilliantly for in the first few minutes of the game. But actually, he he never stopped looking for the ball. He was constantly on the on the shoulder of the centre halves and. I give the guy a chance. You know, Watford paid four million quid for him. Then clearly, there's something there that, that people in football have seen an ability there. And yeah. and I, don't, I go back to that. If he spent a lot of time in, you know, playing academy football, they get to an age. He's twenty two. If he'd have been at a smaller club from the start of his career, he'd have probably got hundred games under his belt by now.
2: That could be quite a big thing. And he was actually really nice about us and the. I think it was in, in the Oxford Mail or something. Like he mm. was, it, somewhere he was quite nice about Sunderland as a club because it, I think it would be fair to say he didn't have the best of times here, but it actually started quite well. He came on in the opening day of the season against Charlton and he was he was very direct and he actually changed the game in our favour a little bit. And I think most people actually came out of the Charlton game more impressed with Jerome Sinclair than they were with Josh Madger. And then mm. six months down the line, you, you could see the sort of the confidence sort of drained from him a little bit. and he only scored two whilst he was here and one of them was a penalty in the Checker Trade Trophy. Uh, the other one was actually a really good goal against um, against Peterborough back when Peterborough were sort of near the top of the league. Um, but Jerome Sinclair was a funny one because he, he did actually get a lot of standard sort of poor, in my opinion, poor Twitter comments when he left. Yeah. A lot of people kind of criticised him saying how, how useless he was but you, you mentioned something he never hid and he, he, he runs the channels well. He, he doesn't hide and I think I think he's possibly unlucky that he's played for two Premiership clubs as a an, an academy player or as a, a young player and not really had any exposure. I mean, when he scored against Peterborough, it was actually his first his first league goal ever, and yeah. even I was taken back by that because I felt like it was a name that's been around a while. I thought, well, surely he scored in a some sort of cup competition, but if I'm led to believe it was his first. His first goal, whereas um, James Vaughan, I, I, I don't think there's any love lost between ourselves and James Vaughan. You can probably search Twitter and see a bit of the banter, <laughs> or banter in, in inverted yeah. commas, between us both. We're, we're not a big fan. Oh, I'm certainly not a big fan of James Vaughan. Um, I think I think personally from watching them both over the past season, yes, in different divisions, I think you've got the best of the two. But the big worry is that he'll end up having an absolute storm on Saturday, Jerome Sinclair. Um which is a huge, huge worry. Is is he likely to play up front?
0: Well, possibly, yeah. I mean he has been playing because you know, he's the only centre forward. He's the you know, he's been playing regularly. Um against Burton. Um Sinclair started the game and I'm trying to think if he finished it, I think he came off right at the very end, possibly. So I I, I think why not? You we've we've so often had players that we've let go or have come back to haunt us. So we're we you know, we're fingers crossed touch wood that it's gonna happen in our favour that a player who's who didn't have a great time at another club you know within a couple of games of him joining us we're playing that club and yeah let's let's hope it's the the uh, the boots on the other foot
2: and I've just remembered something um completely out of the blue talking about just Jerome Sinclair and players that have played for both clubs and and I remember how how our big loving about Chris McGuire at the start of the season It's a weird one with Chris Maguire because we signed Lewis Morgan during the transfer window, uh, which looks like a great signing from Celtic. Um, You've got McGeady's really rose to prominence since we last spoke. Um, And Chris Maguire's is not really getting a look in, in, but he's sitting on about five or six goals. So I don't actually know if he's going to play on Saturday, but... If I remember rightly, you were worried about him performing well at the start of the season, and that was the first time he had a really bad game, and he should have been sent off. If I yeah. remember correctly, yeah. Um, what What were your thoughts on Chris Maguire after that game? Because I know you love him in general, but uh, yeah, we still
0: do. You know, he, he's. Um, uh, I think it was yesterday was the the two year anniversary of the last time we played Swindon, and uh, obviously our great rivals. And uh, down at their place, and there's there's some great video footage of him after the game, winding up the Swindon fans and the Swindon players, and we just absolutely love him. And and I think, uh, you know, he he he's he's a player. I, I'm trying to think. I think he scored for Berry when he was at Berry, and they played us, and he he didn't celebrate. I think there's a, there's a there's a real affection between him. He had a great time when he was with us, and um, we absolutely love him. And I'm sure, you know, if he plays, he'll. I, I, he, he's a great wind-up merchant. I don't know if he's been doing that for you guys, but certainly, massively. yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think as a fan, you love it when it's your player doing it. You hate it when oh, it's yeah. somebody else. I think perhaps he's got a little bit too much respect for Oxford to do it to us. But I I wouldn't put it past him. It'd be hilarious. You know? <laughs> but then you know that that's what you get with him. He, he's he's a great player. He can he can win a game. You know, in an instant, he can be anonymous, but then do something that just absolutely.
2: You know, nobody else on the pitch can do. And I think that there was a, a real point that Charlie Methven made. Re- really oddly enough, we he he was in like a pub near the ground before before the Luton game, and, and we were like um, discussing uh, sign-ins in the window, and, and he said, you know, who's who's been your favourite player that we have brought in? And I says, well, even though he's not really playing, and he actually scored that day. Says Chris McGuire, uh, Chris, I just love him, like big wind up merchant, exactly mm. what I sort of like, and I know he's been off the off the ball. And I said he hasn't been playing recently. I says, but I, you know, I, I just really like him as a person. And obviously, Charlie, uh, said, yeah, you know, when we had him at Oxford, it was it was very similar. He says the thing with him at at Oxford is at the time he was he was probably our best or one of the best players, and mm. he had to play every single week. He says the, the beauty of him being at Sunderland is you've got McGeady, and you've got um now you've got Lewis Morgan, you've got Lyndon Gooch, you've got loads of options in his. Place where he, he doesn't need to play every week because, like I say, the same game he came in against Luton and I don't think he played for a couple of weeks and he came in and he and he banged the goal and he got sent off at the end but it got rescinded it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't purposeful thankfully it got rescinded but um but yeah you'll be, you'll be pleased to know that his his wind up is if it's, anything accelerated. <laughs> I he, we call I, him the king. We call
0: yeah, him the king here. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see whether whether he does play. Um, obviously, you know, it's it's a it'll be a decent crowd there, and he, I think he loves that. He 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 likes, I think, being the centre of attention. He thrives on it. You know, some players it, it gets too much for them. For him, you can tell he just he's got that. I was going to say arrogance. It's, I think arrogance is perhaps not the right because he's got the ability to back it up, and you yeah. you kind of think no, it, it's confidence in his own ability and a and a kind of a little bit of a, a sort of a, a sort of a devil streak in him. But but you, you know he, he's doing that with ability, right? You know you you see too many players who, who think they they've got it made who, who really haven't, and but he has. You know he's got the ability to back up that arrogance.
2: Now, when it comes to Sunland versus Oxford games, I said I said to you both last time we played, I said, Do you remember the last time you came to the stadium of light? and um the, the other I think was it Fraser, Fraser. last time? Yeah and Fraser kinda of went, eh, and you went, Yeah, 7-0. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, but well, here's a strange fact. When was it? do you remember the significance of the last time we played at Oxford and why was it significant? Uh,
0: if if my memory certainly me right, was it the first ever pay per view game?
2: Hundred percent correct. Yeah, nil
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure quite. Yeah, it wasn't money. wasn't uh, you know value for money. That was
2: it? No, it was ninth. quid, <laughs> if I remember correctly. It was played on a played on a Sunday. Um, right. During our 105 point season, which right, I mean it, that was pretty pretty good for us. Mm. Um, but it was an absolutely dire game. Absolutely dire. Yeah. Um, are you expecting quite a big crowd on Saturday?
0: Yeah, I think we're aiming for a, for a 10,000 crowd, um, which for us is, you know, is a, is a decent turnout. Um, I think since we've been back in the league at the Kassam, um, if you take out sort of Boxing Day matches and, you know, um, just, just league games, then I think it's only happened sort of five or six times. So it's, you know, <laughs> considering how... Poorly we've been playing. Um, how the fans aren't necessarily sort of behind the club because of all sorts of stuff with with chairman and you know the manager's not that popular. I think mm-hmm. if if we can get ten thousand, it'd be a hell of an achievement for the for the commercial side and you know and for for people sort of pushing this game to get a decent crowd. Because, we, you know, well, like I, said, like I said earlier, depends which side turn up. We, I just hope that we put on a decent performance and some of those sort of um, irregular
2: fans, if you like, will come back. Because,
0: you know, too often we do this and get a big crowd
2: and play awfully. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, we've done that at Sonnen many a time as well, man. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking through the the lineup of the last time we played each other. It was the uh, 27th of February, funnily enough. 1999, so almost 20 years to the age. Crikey. Uh, Sunderland's team, I remember, I could probably read these off. You've got Quinn and Phillips (laughs) up front, Johnson, Summerby, Megan Holloway, Sorensen, Williams, Melville, Butler, McCann and Johnson. Mm. Oxford, there's some names that really, really stick out here. You've got Joey Beecham. Yeah. Dean Windass. Dean, yeah. Kevin Francis. Super Kev.
0: (laughs) Yeah, both Isn't Yeah, he's he's now a Mountie. He's he lives in Canada and he's a Mountie now, Kevin Francis. <laughs> what? Seriously? Yeah, he's a Mountie. <laughs> don't think he needs a horse. So he get on the horse without you know oh, jumping. At all.
2: <laughs> then you've got Phil Gilchrist, who I actually really weirdly remember as a. Was he? Was he? Did he have a skinhead? Did he play in the middle? Am I imagining that? No, uh, don't. Yeah,
0: short hair. He was a centre half. He played. He had two spells with us. Um, And was at Leicester
2: as well. You had Paul Gerrard in goal. Yeah. Mark Watson. Yeah, Canadian international, I think he was. Nicky Banger. Yeah. (laughs) Les Robinson. Yeah. Paul Powell. Yeah, local lad. And one of our local lads, Martin Gray. yeah. Martin Gray, who last time I seen him was manager at Darlington, But how times have changed. So it's been 20 years almost to the day since since we played. And to think that was the first ever pay-per-view game. Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Things have have gone south, not just for us as clubs, but...
0: Yeah, you 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 kind of think, blindly there's there's been some big pay-per-view events on TV
2: sport recently, and that, mm-hmm. that won't be remembered as one of them, will it? <laughs> the, big, the big memorable. The, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yes. I want I wanted you reminded me actually. I wanted to speak about your manager a few times this season, and I don't know what it is. I think we're aware we're we're not we're far from arrogant, and I would hate anyone to think that. I don't think we've been like that at all, both players, fans, or all management. But um, there seems to be a, sometimes a bit of knockiness from certain teams. And I've never felt it more than than Robinson. He just seemed to complain about everything. And I mean, obviously, we had the Max Power red card at, at the stadium as well. And he, he really annoyed me, to be honest with you, Carl Robinson. He really, really got on my nerves. But I was thinking, I haven't heard many calls for his head, but you mentioned he, he's not the most popular because for me, the team I see in Oxford and the players you've got um, compared to some of the other teams I've seen this season you should be doing better and that's got to go towards the manager but how how are the fans finding Robinson?
0: Yeah I I think he's he's kind of he was at at the the Christmas games and the New Year game we lost three on the trot over over that Christmas period I think after that 3-0 down at Plymouth um, where we lost I think he was he was sort of very close to you know potentially getting the boot. And, and I, I think there's a lot of fans that just haven't warmed to him at all. And and he he's he's a very he is he's a very emotional guy. And some of the post-match interviews, you really sort of want somebody to go no, just give him another half an hour and then talk to him because he 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 really kind of goes off on one. Sometimes you just think oh you, you've you've seen a different game to the rest of us. You know, we played um, Barnsley a couple of games back where we were two 0 up. Um, we really should have seen the game out. They were you know, you kinda of look at a game like that and you think, hang on, they're nearly top of the table. And they've they've just resorted to kicking us off the pitch. And if if Carl Robinson had just focused on comments on the about them their, you know, that the way they played and how the, the referees didn't really protect us or do their job properly, we'd have all been behind him, I think. But he went off on some rant about Brexit and they they got a german manager and they can come over here and do what they like and you're just thinking what are you on about you you've kind of it's it's this sort of what's he talking about now kind of situation where when he's when he's been interviewed uh, say during the week or not you know not straight after a game he comes across really well and i just think it's that immediacy of just after a game or during a game when he's he's really gets <laughs> too emotional and and it it reflects badly on him, I think, which is a shame because you know you want that emotion and and like I say when he when he's been you know had extended interviews on the local radio and, and on club channels he comes across really well and I just think it's those it's that emotional side like you say on the touchline as well we played Peterborough recently which I think he loved because Steve Evans was the bad guy in that game but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of or unusual. The bad guy. Yeah, exactly. We we don't like Steve Evans, um, but you, yeah, this there, I I think when you're emotional on the touchline like that, it doesn't really work because if you're constantly on at the fourth official or the ref or the or the linesman, they switch off. They don't actually listen to what you're saying, and it doesn't actually sort of benefit this your, your team. If you if you just maybe go off once or twice in a game, you're more likely to get a reaction that you want.
2: than than just 90 minutes of moaning. He just, I don't know, he just didn't, he didn't, he didn't showcase himself very well, I thought, at the stadium. And I mean, it's not, it's it's easy to make a judgment in one game and and, and his reaction and the way it was. Because like I say, I I was really, really impressed with Oxford um, at the stadium. Mm. I I thought he's played really, really well. I think you there was a there's a podcast today, funnily enough, that has gone up. We we well, not me. I'm I'm never lucky enough. But um, <laughs> the Connor who does our, our regular podcast um, from the comfort of his studio, which he now goes to the bloody academy of light, which is all right for some. <laughs> um, he interviewed uh, Jack Ross yesterday, and he was talking about uh, tactics and how you set up and things like that, and. He said, you know, which team is like surprised to you? And I think we mentioned Wickham because Wickham played quite well when they came up. But Jack Ross, if I remember rightly, he'd said, you know, um, Oxford. He's like, Mm. we kind of didn't expect them to press that high up the pitch. And for me, Oxford were the first team that kind of didn't show us any respect at all when you came to the stadium. And I'm so surprised to see where you're at. But then I looked at your results and I thought maybe they've just gone on a really bad run of form. But as, as it is, um, you actually pulled off a really great result. Thanks for the one against mm-hmm. Portsmouth. You're and welcome. then almost pulled out a, a dynamite result against Barnsley as well. And a yeah. good one nonetheless. So I suppose the, the question for me to sort of end on would be, how confident are you of putting us away on Saturday and starting that trajectory up the table? Or do you think it's going to be pretty tough?
0: I, I think it's going to be tough between now and the end of the season, really. And I, I, we had a, a, a spell, sort of October, November time, where we we picked up quite a lot of points, and and we, I wouldn't say we were were comfortably comfortably mid table because we weren't, but I think it, having something to get behind, you know, whether that's going for playoffs, going for automatics, or avoiding relegation, I think brings the fans together. If you're sort of drifting yeah. in mid table, everyone just sort of shrugs and it's like, well, well there's nothing really to worry about. I think if we can get the fans you know behind the side ignore what's going on with with ownership issues and ignore you know whether you like the manager or not and get behind the team because we really want to be in this division next season i think there's something to get behind what which team turns up against you guys on saturday i have no idea you know we, it, it really is that kind of perhaps we'll raise our game and and, and play well and you know because we're playing a side that will try and play a bit of football against this. You know, we've struggled a little bit against teams that just want to kick you up in the air. Uh, And I think, you know, maybe playing the the better footballing sides, we've, we've managed to play some better football Uh, and it might go that way. Um, You know, I know this might sound really odd. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we won 3-0. I wouldn't be surprised if we lost 3-0. It, I know that. <laughs> yeah. That's hedging my bets and, and sitting on the fence and whatever. But it really is at the moment. We're a, we're a real Jekyll and Hyde side.
2: So who would be... I always ask this question. I will get a prediction. But <laughs> who, who would be the three players from Sunderland's team you think... Could damage you on Saturday um, and I don't necessarily mean like the ones you think that are most talented for example if you've got a particular weak weak spot i say right back would it be our left winger that you'd be sort of nervous about Who, which players are you not looking forward to coming up against
0: yeah I, th- I think we've got we've got kind of our fullbacks are converted midfielders um, Josh Ruffles who's a local lad plays left back He's, he's a real good squad player in that he's, you know, he's comfortable more or less anywhere, midfield, left back, can play, you know, a little bit wide left as well. And Jamie Hanson, who he spent a lot of, lot of money for us on in the summer as a defensive midfielder, has been playing right back. So... We've we've been at times a little bit susceptible, sort of, to tricky wingers, you know, because because our Ooh. fullbacks aren't. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. So it, it, I think that's that's perhaps. I'm, I'm I'm not giving any trade secrets away because you you guys will have scouted us well enough. But I think that's perhaps where we're we, we you know we can be a little weak is is to to decent tricky wingers. But then we've got. Decent, tricky wingers of our own, you know, Gavin White, I think, is is a player. I know we were talking about sort of three players that that were maybe key players for us. I think it depends on the day which players turn up. You know, sometimes it will be Gavin White who, who has the worldie. You know, it might be Marcus Brown who's been injured. He might come back in on Saturday. You know, it... We, we we don't rely, I think, because we've not been great this season, so we can't point to a player who's had a brilliant season. We've we've got players that are going through little spells of decent form and then injured, and and it's been inconsistent, very inconsistent.
2: As soon as you said that, you're you're um, susceptible to coming up against tricky wingers. There, just straight away, thought of Aiden McGee, mm, um, yeah, and also L- Lewis Morgan uh, from what from what we saw from him on Saturday is really tricky as well. So if there's an issue there that, that my, my confidence mm. and I think everyone's ears would have perked up a little bit there if I'm honest with you um do you I mean obviously we, we've brought in grant led but uh Lewis Morgan and Will Griggs got his debut on Saturday are you worried about Will Griggs? do you think he may set the place on fire
0: I, I think you have to be worried about a player you know i you hear it's four million quid. I suppose that's four million if you get him in ultimately into the Premier League. But you know, to to be able to spend up to four million pounds on a player is something we couldn't dream about. So you you've got to expect a player like that is going to be you know a, a, a real threat at this level. You know, he's 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 clearly a, a you know very good player who at this level you, you know your centre forwards need two or three chances he, he doesn't he'll, he'll be somebody that can that can score with the one chance that he gets so yeah worried about him if Hopefully. he plays
2: <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're quite excited to see him because he seems to be the kind of player that um at this level doesn't need too many chances and I think yeah. losing Josh Madger was bigger than I think some people are letting on if I'm honest that was huge but uh the 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 positivity is back with having him there. And obviously, the song. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, a ready made song yeah. in there. It? <laughs> it's it's just, it's, it's a great song. It's it's, yeah. it's good fun. But um, just to sort of end, then, what, what's your prediction for Saturday? Um, well, I've said 3 0
0: and, and either way. <laughs> let's, go, let's go for 3 all. I think it could be a high scoring game. Let's go 3 0. <laughs> Jesus, I, I no couldn't idea. handle
2: that. <laughs> um, I'll take, um, I, I think we're going to go on a good run of form again. I'm going to take a 2 0. Um, I think Will Grigg will get both. We shall see. <laughs> I, I, I pray and I hope. Um, but thanks for coming on again, Simon. May always no really problem. good crack. Um, yeah. I hope your team doesn't do what they did last time and actually totally surprised me and and put the shites up me, so to speak. Um. <laughs> I hope that you have a a really horrible Saturday, Um, but I hope you have a fantastic rest of the season. I hope that you do do well. I hope that you manage to keep your heads above water. I'm sure you will. I think there's, from from what I've seen, far enough quality to keep your heads above water. I just hope that you can do it. Um, But we might speak again next season. We might not. It depends if we go up. It depends if you go down. It depends if neither happens. Who knows? But I'm sure we'll cross paths. Absolutely. um, Thanks for coming on, Simon. Have a good rest of the night and a good week, mate, all right? Thanks very much, yeah. See you Saturday. See you Saturday, bud. Cheers. So, it's nice to have Simon back on. Um, Really good crack. I had him and Fraser on earlier in the season. Um, You can listen to that one if you want to. It's obviously a little while ago before Max Power had any red cards in his professional career. It was that long ago. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I think it's a tough game on Saturday, but I've been covering sort of all season Maybe it's misplaced, but um, I, I do think we can go back to a sort of a, a, a run of form where we can win a few games like we were a few months ago. I think we're going to have to start playing well again soon because um, I think the performances haven't been particularly impressive despite some of the results coming. But, um, you know, onwards and upwards. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. For those of you going, I'm missing Saturday again. I'm, I missed the game against Wimbledon. I was in watching Hertha Berlin, taking in a bit of Bundesliga, you'll be pleased to know that it wasn't much better than League One football, but I'm sure that was just a one-off. I want to thank you very much for checking into the uh, extra pod again. Uh, thanks for, for listening to it. So always appreciate the people that do. I'm pleased to see you all having a bit of a laugh at my uh, my Ella Shorter 100 signings. Plenty of criticism. I think a few of you are taking it a little bit too seriously, which just something that I thought would get a bit of a laugh and it kind of has thankfully um and i really hope you enjoy the jan kirchhoff podcast which i did on monday um i was in germany as i've just mentioned before um and i made the trip over to magdeburg um i met him in a little coffee shop near the the river in the city that he's living now and i'm, I'm pleased to confirm he's an absolute gentleman uh really really lovely guy and beautiful beautiful blue eyes <laughs> as handsome as we all remember but um i'm sure that'll be out to tba and i hope you enjoy that i hope you continue to enjoy the Rock report extra podcast the normal podcast with connor as well with the luxury studio uh, so enjoy the rest of your evening morning noon night weekend whenever you listen to this and uh i've been great this has been the local report extra podcast
1: Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. Uh, 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange.